So there are circumstances <clears throat> that uh, we need to, to interpret. And so I had some circumstances this morning that I chose to interpret a particular way. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to tell all of them. I'll just tell the highlight. I got everything all done, and then my printer wouldn't communicate to my computer. So fortunately, though, we have the word written, and this will be no hindrance to the Lord at all. So I just interpret that as there was opposition offered, but we're not going to accept it. <laughs> Our subject for this morning is take heed how you hear. And uh, those are, of course, taken from the very words of Jesus himself. And I'm going to... Um, all right. Whoops. Okay, it's taken from Luke 8 and 18. It, Jesus is saying, Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given... And whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even what that which he seemeth to have. Yeah. Now God is a communicator. Yes. And, and he is manifesting the knowledge of himself to and through those things which he has created in appropriate measure and according to their purpose. Brother Al once said, that creation was the mind of God in substance. And the uh, scripture is the mind of God in word. I always remember that. I mean, that was like long years ago, but it was such a good saying. We start off in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. There are experiences of man that make him capable of an understanding and fellowship that, that are unique to the rest of creation. Now, uh, we are both begotten and live by every word of God. Mm -hmm. And we have been given the mind of Christ and our, uh, I'm sorry, this is the last I'll have to read off of this. I took a, a screenshot of my computer. Uh, and our, you know, I can't even read that. Oh, there we go. Admonished to let his word dwell in us richly. Now I can get rid of that thing. Now, first off, I'm going to say a few things about hearing. Some things are pretty obvious, that hearing is a more complicated thing than just letting sound fall on our ear. You ever heard anybody say the expression, whenever you say something, I hear that. Well, what are they saying? They're saying more than, all right, your noise reached my ears. They're saying... I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I understand this at a deeper level than just a cursory. I mean, I hear that. Yeah. 
And that's the kind of hearing that we're talking about. But Jesus, whenever he says, take heed to how you hear. See, even if you understand the words and you think you have it, these words have a much deeper, uh, they're, they're, they're richer than just what a man's mind can grasp. Uh, Brother Justin. Somebody a meal, and technically, once the plate reaches them, they've received it. Technically, mm-hmm. but they haven't really received it until they've eaten. You serve them, right? There's right. Some people that they're served up great spiritual meals, but they don't reach. They don't. They don't put. They don't imbibe these things. Yeah. It, it must be these things must be imbibed. That's they have right. To get it in us. The engrafted word of God, where it actually, we're, as we're joined to Christ, he is the word. And as we receive the engrafted word of God, we're actually receiving God in Christ yeah. through that word. Now, the first things that we hear about God's word is the power of it. God said... Let there be light. And there was light. God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the water and let it divide the waters from the waters. And it was so. God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament. And then he said, let the waters bring forth abundantly living creature that hath life. Then, and he he enumerates it a little bit, but what I want to focus on here is that God said something. Mm -hmm. And even out of nothing, these things were done according as he had purposed it. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature. And then finally, whenever God created the very last of his terrestrial beings. He said, let us make man in our image. But then he didn't just say, let there be man. He took the dust of the earth because this man was going to be a terrestrial being in a terrestrial environment for eternal purposes. But he actually formed the man. You get the picture of a potter that is later used in the prophets, how God formed man. So everything about man, his inner workings, his outward appearance, his emotional and mental makeup, everything about man initially was representative of the invisible God. Now, just because it was all perfectly representative doesn't mean that it was completely 
representative. It was as complete as the earth would allow, and that would not bar us from uh, an eternal inheritance as the angels had been barred whenever they fell from their first estate. All of these are the sayings of God, and you'll, we see the power of God in this, that whatever God says, it was done. It didn't take a long time, and we dedicate this to the evolutionists. It did not take a long time. It took six days as we count a day. God defined before he left off with that, he defined what a day was and how we figure it. From the setting and rising of the sun, a 24-hour period is a day. And that's the way it's used in Genesis. People who want to say a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. No, they're, they're ling linguistic prowess is failing them there. God said. And so that's why there were seven days in a week, six of which man was to work and one in which he was to rest. It was representative of the first week of creation. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just interesting. Uh, at the uh, Revolutionary War in France, they were casting off all semblance of religion. And they decided they'd go to a 10-day week instead of a seven-day week because they didn't want a seven-day week after Genesis. And it fell apart pretty quickly. They found out that the human body just doesn't work real well on a 10-day on a week, not for any length of time. So they had to go back to seven just like the rest of us. It's, it's marvelous what, what God does and how he does it even in ways we don't recognize. I'm sure they didn't recognize that. They just knew it didn't work. All right. <clears throat> There's several uh, times when um, Paul would say, what saith the scriptures? Which means what did God have to say about this? And that was, that was a place where he always began reckoning. The... Uh, <clears throat> I want to go to John 8, verse 43, where Jesus addressed this matter of hearing his word. Okay, John 8, 43 through 47. Jesus said, Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? No. Ye of a, your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. But there was the truth incarnate before them, speaking those things that were true, and they could not. They, not like they, it's deeper than would not. They could not. Whenever he said something, the heart that believed heard one thing and the 
unbelieving heart hurt another. Same words, same person speaking it, same inflection, same time, different message received. There are some environments in which it's difficult to hear. To hear the voice of God and the word of God. That's why he spoke differently on a is privately to his disciples when he gets on the road when he's walking. And when he's in the temple, he spoke differently. It, it was more conducive to hearing. Yeah. So there are some places it's hard mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, not, not the force, wicked, wicked forces are particularly active right. in those environments to hinder. Mm-hmm. So in 1 Corinthians 2... Uh, beginning in verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Yes, amen. All right, that's why... Some people cannot hear the words of God. Amen. Brother David, you had a comment? Um, in Deuteronomy 29, <coughs> this was towards the end of the wandering in the wilderness for 40 years for the, the nation of Israel. And he told them all the things that he recounted, the, the history of all that God had done for them. And in Deuteronomy 29, 4, he says, Yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear unto this day. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Amen. the hearing has to come from God. Well, see, that's the point of this right here that we're talking about right now. Uh, I don't want to just read these scriptures. I want to talk about these scriptures. Uh, Brother Marty? And uh, Jeremiah, you know, he was, he was just tired of the people not listening mm-hmm. to what was going to come upon Jerusalem. And he, he said... To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Mm-hmm. Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, yeah. yes. and they cannot hearken. Amen. So when Jesus says, you know, be, uh, be, be, uh, beware of how you hear, mm-hmm. um, he's talking back to what Jeremiah was saying. Mm-hmm. When you hear, you've got to hear with an uncircumcised ear yeah. in order to understand what, he's, what Jesus is saying. Mm-hmm. And then Isaiah... He said, Who hath heard our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord? Yes. We know that there's uh, conversations in, in heaven. As recorded, mm-hmm. God spoke to angels, and the Father and the Son speaks. But nobody here, no one on earth can hear it, can hear that. It's in a different environment. Yeah, God had to, God has to tell us anything that 
was said there that he wants us to know. He has to, he has to tell you what it was. You can't hear, you don't have the capacity to hear. And it, there's a sense in which you've got, you've got to manage your life so you can hear. Yeah, mm -hmm. amen. There's messages that more than, more than the average person realizes God is speaking to them through circumstances, through mm -hmm. people, through various circumstances, he's speaking to them, but they can't, they can't hear. And if mm -hmm. you don't, you can't hear, there's no hope for you. Yeah. 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 Because hearing comes by the word of God. If you That's can't right. understand what God is saying, well, you could, you're not going to be able to believe it. Yeah. Okay. This is another thing that the new birth resolves. Yes. Because we've been made a spiritual creature. Mm -hmm. That new creature is born from above. And you also you see how how serious it is not to be God conscious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How serious that is. Yep. Because the only way you're going to make it out of this world safely and avoid the lake of fire is to have spiritual hearing. You, you're not going to make it otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there are people who, they don't go any further than just think of, thinking about, if it exists, avoiding hell. But in their mind, that's there, if it exists. We know it exists. But this right here, this is, this is such a, a precious gem. God hath revealed these things that he's prepared for those that love him. Yeah. Unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now that's, that's a precious yeah. condition. Yeah. It says, now you, you know yourself. And then he gives this example immediately following. What creature knows the things of man? Now there are creatures that are kind of close to us in some ways, we share affection, there's there's a uh, obedience, master relationship, they, you know, people love certain animals, yeah. and there are certain animals that actually demonstrate a love for people, but does a, a dolphin know about the things that trouble the soul of a man? Doesn't even have the capacity. You know, it's an intriguing expression. The spirit searches all things. He read things of God. He's, the spirit's not searching them to understand in them. No, it means he's, he's searching them to know what to what to give this inquiring individual. It means he has all the resources. That's right. That there's not anything hidden to him. He searches all things. He's got. He has got at his disposal all knowledge. And he has power. The, the Spirit has power that has been delegated to him. And then, uh, that we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, yeah. that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So, this, this new condition of ours gives us access to so much more than any of us have plumbed. But that spirit can lead us into these things by the administration of Christ 
Christ says he takes the things of the Father and then he gives it to the Spirit who indwells and gives it to us. He's, he's the most immediate contact there. But the Father and the Son dwell in us also by the Spirit. So this is a very large room. Can you imagine this being said to David or to Isaiah or to Daniel? Or, I mean, to Abraham even. If they had been told that this access was, that was given freely to them, why, I think they would have received it a lot better than a lot of, uh, a lot of warm seats in the congregation. So, <clears throat> I want to move on here. Uh, 7 and 8 of this chapter also. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So for all of his, um, his intelligence, for all of his uh, devilish wisdom, even Satan, who was once Lucifer in the very presence of God, a highly exalted creature, but he was still a creature. He wasn't God, never was, never will be. But even he who was so close to God, when he fell, he couldn't hear the words of God to some extent. All the prophecies, all the things that we look back on now and see these are fulfillments of things that God had spoken he couldn't figure them out. Yeah. He was he, what he thought he was doing, was not what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He was serving the purpose of God, ignorantly. Yeah. He's not talking about the wise men of the world. Oh no, he's because talking about the spiritual because they crucified the Lord of Glory. Right. The Jews were the wisest people in the world. Mm -hmm. Because they've been given more under, more revelation than anyone else. But it's interesting that he, how he says that. Mm -hmm. Amen. So they, with all the revelation they had, they didn't recognize Christ. Yeah, that's right. Now, in the Psalms, David said that the entrance of thy word. Yes. And, and understanding. Mm -hmm. It illuminates, yeah, and right. then it gives the understanding of what you've seen. And that's by the Word of God. Yeah. We have to be able to hear it. See, whatever David had, he heard it. Yeah. I like the way the Lord said that the entrance that's right. of your Word. <laughs> so Taking it how you hear, hearing is how it enters. That's right. That's right. The, um, we're going to have a couple of the examples here. Uh, we're going to go back to Luke chapter 8 and read a passage there. I'm going to be starting with the second half of verse 8. 
said, and when he had said these things, now he's just in that particular uh, chapter uh, given the parable of the sower. So, and after he said these things, and when he had said these things, he cried, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You know, there may be a time when we can hear, and if we don't, yeah. it just, he didn't go back that we know of and tell another parable or, or revisit them with that parable. If they had ears to hear, they, now, how, what was the difference between the multitudes, how they heard that parable, and how the disciples heard that parable? said, let him that had ears to hear, let him hear. What if that was a prayer to God instead of just to the people? Well, it could be both. Yeah. So now, we know how the people responded so far as Scripture said. Uh, there was no further inquiry about it. But the disciples, when they heard it, they really wanted to hear it. They wanted to know what he was saying. They knew when they heard it, they could detect that Jesus wasn't just going to say something like that without a heavenly reason behind it. And they weren't getting it. So they inquired. They pressed in. They asked for more. It says, and his disciples asked him, saying, what might this parable be? And he said unto and he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might see, that they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Alright. I can't think of one single example of when anybody came to Jesus honestly and wanted to know about what he said, what he meant, how things were, whatever. Not challenging him, not like the Pharisees, yeah. but an honest and good heart. Can you think of one time when Jesus denied them? No, no. Nope, not at all. So those that were not interested to pursue, that's all they got. Yeah. And sometimes, unlike the woman at the well. Yeah. This was the kind of person, the disciples, they wondered why he's talking to that woman. She, they, didn't, they didn't see this. She, she had ears to hear. Yeah. Yep, she, her heart was as toward the truth, to know the truth. And he says, now the parable is this. Now they're going to hear some more. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now, we can pause here and say, do we hear what he's saying? What is he saying in this parable? That if we receive the word as on a stony path, then we can expect that Satan is right there to take it from us. 
If we hear the word of God, we have got to take hold and hold it fast as soon as we hear it so that we don't become that kind of soil. He says, those by the waste, okay, sorry, they on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy, and these have no root which for a little while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. What are we hearing? See, when we read the scriptures, if we if we take this to heart, that how we hear, take, and um, you're hearing when you're reading, you're still, and you're still hearing what God is saying. We're hearing when we're conversing with one another, and the things of God are being spoken of. We're hearing when we sit and formally listen to teaching and preaching, and we hear it as as examined by the rest of scripture and if it's the word of god as written then it's the word of god everything else has to bow to that and as we hear more of the word of god our our understanding will be enlarged on the particular ones so that's why we're patient with one another because if we're both talking about something we may not be fully illuminated on, we may have differing opinions. But we won't have differing opinions about the foundational things. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There is one true living God, and that's the Father of Christ. He's the Creator. I mean, see, these are just like bedrock foundational things upon which other things are. That this is the word of God, and it can be trusted for our, not just our life here, but for our eternal life, that God cannot lie. See, these are foundational things, and from there, we build upward and outward. So there may be things that, that we may not see exactly eye to eye, but in the meantime, we endeavor to learn more about what the scripture says about it. And we we give place for them to learn more about what scripture says about something. And we love one another. See, that's underneath it right there too. We don't hate our brethren. And if Jesus can call you brother, then so can I. Mm-hmm. All right, so when we heard that, that just being all happy and glad and stuff that nobody's against be, being very joyful, but that's not enough to sustain you. You've got to go on from there because you'll, if that's what is, the joy of the Lord is our strength, but he's not going to give you just joy, 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 joy every day. And you've got to be able to hold fast yeah. to the truth in weal or woe, as we would say. Uh huh. And then Jesus appeared to the disciples and said they they rejoiced, but they they believed not for joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the accenting happiness. This is the wrong accent. People yep. people hunger and thirst for happiness because life has a lot of misery in it. Mm-hmm. But. Happiness isn't where it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can inhibit your faith. Right. Well, we can... Um, 
The Lord is our joy. But it's in time of temptation when things aren't like they started out, maybe. It isn't so such a a good environment or a good circumstance or something comes along that's hard. This is a test. It's a temptation. Are you going to stand fast? Through this, Jesus is is really teaching about standing fast in the Lord. He said, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. That's in the Lord. In the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Says, and that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. So, whenever Jesus is is saying all of these things, these are all warnings to us. If we'll hear what he said, if we'll listen to his admonition. And to his instruction says, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel or putteth it under a bed or setteth it on a candlestick. uh, Sorry, but setteth it on a candlestick that they which enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Now you put that back in that parable. All of these seem to have something at first. But... The proof of it was whether they continued with an honest and a good heart. In um, Acts chapter 7, Stephen is preaching mm-hmm. to uh, a bunch of Jews who are very, very religious and they've kept the law of Moses. And he insulted them. But he told them the truth. But it was insult to them. In Acts seven fifty one, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Always. And I, mm-hmm. and I was remembering, well, uh, Brother Marty just said this, in Jeremiah 6.10, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot yeah. Yeah. hearken. And if uh, God doesn't take away... God's the one that gives you the ability to hear, and if God doesn't do something to uh, take away whatever is stopping you from hearing, you're not going to hear it. And I'm just thinking, well, we want to hear. Mm-hmm. And a, a person who's not born again can't understand, and they can understand enough to hear the, uh, that Jesus died for their sins and yeah. was buried and rose again, and, and that they're dirty, rotten sinners because they didn't keep the law. They're wicked and evil. They, they can understand that. And when God gives them to hear, they will be able to receive it. Mm-hmm. And then they're, then that's when the when you're baptized, you get circumcised in your heart. And you're, that's the open. That's when, when all this begins. Now, what if you're a believer and you want to know more? It, uh, I'm thinking like uh, 
Well, if you work with your hands a lot, you get calluses on your hands. What if you're listening with your ear to all a bunch of different things other than the Word of God? You can get a callus on your ear. It waxes gross. That, yes, it won't allow you to hear because you just you're listening to all these other things and your ear gets uh, you're competitive, and and they don't belong. It said that of God that He created the seeing eye and the hearing yes. ear. Well, that's a spiritual seeing eye and hearing ear. I'll pray that God would take away anything in us that would prevent us from hearing. Amen. Also, we press in to yes. know what He's saying. Yes. Let's see here. Uh, you notice that um, old covenant saints would ask God to take away. Everything from thoughts to a bad heart to take away, but that it, it, it's kind of a strange absence of that under the new covenant. Yeah, uh, that kind of praying because it's 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 where you are that stops you from being heard. And it's interesting that uh, <coughs> uncircumcised ears are always applied to the people God had been dealing with. Mm -hmm. That's how Jeremiah, that's what he dealt with it. And in Stephen, he said, uncircumcised in heart and ears, he said to the Sanhedrin. But it, it, those words are are not addressed to like just the people, general people of the world. No. Yeah. That's not who it's addressed to. Well, they couldn't receive it anyway. Yeah. There's a word for people that are in the yes. world. There's a word for them. But see, the, it, God is, God, judgment begins at the house of God. That's yeah. right. That's right. And Peter reiterated that later. He says, of judgment begin first at the house of God, where will the unrighteous and sinners yeah, stand? Yeah. Now, David, way back in the uh, under the old covenant, prayed, created me a clean heart. So, I mean, this this is the sentiment of people who want to draw near to God. They realize First, they realize that God is holy and he's righteous and that he's not going to deny himself. Yeah. And and so if they're going to be able to approach to him and draw near, they've got to to experience a change that makes them acceptable to him. You see under a pure heart was sought prior to Christ. It's obtained... It's obtained in Christ. Amen. So people in Christ should not be asking God for a new heart. They should be asking God for grace to help in the time of need. They got new hearts. That's exactly. Why, the new see, creature that, is new. Uniqueness. See, this, this failure to distinguish mm -hmm. between the old and new covenant, this is a gigantic bottleneck. Yeah, well, with David, under the Old Covenant, what the the thing that that we were highlighting is the fact that even under the Old, men wanted to draw near to God. And under the New, th that hasn't changed. We've been made nigh, but that doesn't mean we're satisfied with the advance that that we've been given. We want to continue to draw near to God. But yeah, you're you're exactly right as far as people not understanding a, a what we're... A pure heart is obtained a different way 
and now that Christ is in it, if you confess your sins, that's that's what causes your heart to be purified. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. It, it didn't under David. He confessed his sin. Yeah. It didn't purify his heart because it, it, he, the new creation wasn't in existence. It wasn't here. Mm-hmm. But now it is. So we can learn. We can learn from David. There are people that aren't Christians that feel like David felt. Mm-hmm. But they're frustrated in it. Now, that's when the gospel has to come along and mm-hmm. speak to people mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Yeah, uh, we, we know these things because God developed this through the ages. Yeah. And because Christ has come and made our understanding fruitful. And we have this, again, what we were talking about before, we have the spirit that, and the mind of Christ that these things can be searched out and understood like they could never have been understood before Christ. Um, we want to go to Matthew 15, uh, verses 12 through 15. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? And so he, he just talked about the things that defile a man, not what you eat. That's, that's going to be done away with. It's the stuff that comes from the heart. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? And then he declared the parable, that it's not what comes out of man just from having eaten, but rather the things that come out of their heart. Yeah. That that's where these vile, vile things uh, issue forth. But see, he says, "Are you yet without understanding?" Now, see, the Pharisees heard what he said. They had no interest, no interest at all, in pursuing it to find out. Here, and they recognized him as a rabbi, as a teacher. Uh, none of them could find fault with the things that he said so far as the law went. They had to find fault with it on the basis of their tradition or of their own deeds or their preferences, the the amendments that they had made, like whenever they accused Jesus of, of his disciples working on the Sabbath by rubbing, the scriptures say, corn in their hands. And he said, haven't you heard about David whenever he was in hunger and he ate the showbread? And it's like, you know these things, but you haven't really learned what they mean. Isn't that that some word that Jesus said? Let them alone. Yeah. Now you have to... You can't jump to conclusions when you're dealing with people. But when you deal with hard-hearted people, <coughs> and you know it, mm-hmm. you pay attention to that word. Jesus said, leave them alone. <coughs> they don't have 
Christ to see in you, leave him alone. Mm -hmm. so it's just interesting. He, he, well, he says, he, any plant my father hasn't planted shall be yeah, rooted I, up. Mm -hmm. I just am becoming more and more conscious of the fact that Jesus res didn't respond like men respond. Mm -hmm. But see, if we hear what he's saying, yeah. we are more capable of responding the way Jesus yeah. responded. It creates a fellowship in the truth with Jesus. If you spend time with Christ and in the Word, you develop a different different view of people that are, insist on unbelieving. You, you develop a different view toward them. It's not a hateful view, but it's a wise view. Mm -hmm. People that don't pay attention to this will invariably be contaminated by those kind of people. Hey, Brother Justin? Another thing I've noticed is that a lot of these people are leaders. Mm -hmm. says, Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. You'll find that the most hard-hearted people that you encounter in this world yeah. are spiritual leaders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like in Jesus' day, right? Yeah. Okay, but now also you can see in this that the blind are following the blind. Yes. So if a person is awakened and begins to see the truth, they don't follow the blind anymore because mm -hmm. they can see that it's not, not right. Yeah. All right, Matthew 15, verses 12 through 15, I mean not 15, I want it to go to James 1, 21 through 24. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Yeah. And then he says, Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Mm -hmm. So, and this is also a function of hearing. When you really hear something the way we're talking about hearing, it affects you. You, you do, It isn't like, okay, that's a piece of knowledge that I know now, and I'll file it in the right place in my brain, wherever that file is. Mine gets locked a lot of times. But the, if we hear it, it becomes part of us. That's why he's talking about the engrafted word. Whenever, it, it, another expression of, of scripture is, let it sink down into your ears. You know, it, let it, let it real, internalize it, make it part of you, love it. That's what makes it part of you. When you love the truth, that's, that's the process of grafting, so to speak, where life, you take, you take a, a living twig and put it into a living stock and they will begin to grow together. Yeah. But if either one of them is dead, there's no grafting. Yeah. 
So if you come to the word of God and you're not really hearing it, you're like trying to put a dead twig into a living stock. We did testimonies here recently, if you think about it, of people that have thought upon the word of God, spent time with it, and they've seen new things. Mm -hmm. Now, there's been quite a few testimonies of this, but virtually everybody at some time. That's what's that's what's happened when they when they heard. Mm -hmm. That's what it produced. That's right, because they heard the word and they received it as it was in truth, the word of God, yeah. and they loved it. And you can't love what God said without really loving him yes, they right. go together also if you don't love him you're not going to love what he has said yeah. yes. that's one of the unique things about the knowledge of god too that you can know some pretty highfalutin things that have to do with the world but it won't it won't do anything it won't work anything in you mm -hmm. you can know all about disease and get on a boat and go to china give it it's Worldly wisdom is not sufficient. But this we're talking about here, this hearing, this produces a situation where you can be perfected and be forever with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah, just a few excerpts in, in closing. Now, if you have some more to say, you know, say on. This prayer of Christ, as he is now looking into the face of his passion. This is the last recorded prayer of any of any length that we have. There's so much in this. He said that uh, I have made I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Yeah. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Mm. That meant they heard what he said. Amen. Amen. They really heard it. They they received it. They imbibed it. It was still with them. They kept it. And then uh, in another place here, he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine and I am glorified in them. So whenever he's praying, Jesus heard what the Father said to him. And he always spoke and acted accordingly. So this is what he, this understanding and this sentiment he has received from the Father himself. We need to hear that word. We need to hear the words of his prayer and then and then find out the deeper meaning of them, where it goes, what it's connected to, what our responsibility. And I don't mean that responsibility like a burden that the flesh can carry. Our responsibility to press in when God makes something manifest it's our responsibility to press in to know what it is he's saying. And so uh, he, he later in this prayer, he says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
So how important is hearing the word? If you don't hear his word, you're, you might be hearing true isms. You might be hearing uh, things that, that uh, comport with truth, you know, like a, an apple falls from the tree. Well, we say that's the truth because that's the reality of what it is here. But the truth is not defined that way in Scripture. The truth is defined by Christ himself. He said, I am the truth. Now, Jesus isn't an apple falling from the tree. That's a consequence of how he, you know, things were created. But if you want to know the truth, we have to hear the truth. So um, I have no idea what time it is. I'm going to close there and we'll pray and ask the Lord's blessing on, on our uh, refreshments. And thank you so much for your attention and comments. Our Holy Father in heaven, we thank thee that you have made us after your own image that we would be able to, by your grace to fellowship with thee in thy truth. Lord, we pray for grace that that, that truth would work in us that we might walk before thee in all pleasing circumspectly between before men and before thee lord we pray for those that will be speaking to us yet this morning pray your blessing upon them speak through them father to us and may we recognize and love the truth father we we also thank you for the the preparations and those that have prepared it we pray now that you would bless our fellowship together, that we would continue to fellowship in our knowledge of thee and in the truth with one another. We ask it in Christ's name with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Amen.